I would tell the truth and have her come get the body so I don't have to touch the dead fucking ferret because they smell even when they're alive. So <laughs> I was going to say, my ferret smells terrible. so bad. I can't even imagine what a dead ferret smells like. And now, I, I, oh my God. Oh, I hate the smell of ferrets so much. Welcome, everybody, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate it and decide if that's a show we want to greenlight or cancel. Today we're going to be talking about Kim's Convenience. Kim's Convenience went 65 episodes over five seasons on CBC Television in Canada, but can now be found on Netflix. Today we're talking about episode one, which was called Gay Discount, originally airing October 11th, 2016. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me as always, the guys, Nick, Ferg, Joe, and that's it. Goro took the week off. What's going on, guys? Hey, yo. Young Bill Murray was very sexy. <laughs> I stand by that also. I should have known that, that that's what you were going to go for. I had a few, but that one seemed to be the, uh, you know, thinking of Ghostbusters. And uh, I do love that he says a guy's not... A gay guy because he loves Caddyshack. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> well, well, we'll address that uh, in, already. In a bit. Way ahead, <laughs> very ahead, very ahead. Um, so Sorry, Kim's I had convenience. Sexy Bill Murray on the brain. This was a show I I've never seen. Leading into uh, us doing this episode, uh, what about the rest of you guys? Ferg, I know you picked it, so I know you've watched it. I've never seen it. I've actually seen uh, the pilot before, and maybe two more episodes. I started watching it on Ferg's recommendation a while ago. Um, and I just stopped watching it uh, and, for some um, reason. Ferg, was there any particular reason you wanted to cover this one? No, it was a show that um, it's like a dry time in uh, TV shows for me. I was scrolling around Netflix and found it by accident and really liked it. And shows like that, I kind of like to spread the word about, even though it's already canceled. I was going to say, to so, my knowledge, doing a little homework. So it was renewed for more seasons and then kind of abruptly canceled. Yeah. Apparently, I'm the kiss of death with shows. But <laughs> there is a spinoff that's already had a whole season. Is there? Yeah. Um, Shannon, the girl that plays the manager at Handy Car Rental, there's ah. a spinoff of her moving to another city. That's oh. who they picked to do a spinoff of a she must there's actually some controversy about show. that because they were like, some people were like, you have an entire cast full of um, Asian people and you went Asian with the white spinoff. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, ooh, I see that. But also, not to get ahead, but I mean, I have not watched more than this pilot, and her character was super funny, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Clearly, somebody you could build a TV show around. And, uh, you know, you say that character, but then think about Family Matters, one of the biggest sitcoms of all time, a spinoff of Harriet, the elevator operator from Perfect Strangers, you know? So they just see something that they think can click, and you never know. Some things just hit, you know? But, uh, yeah, we can get right into it if you want. So the show starts with, Two men uh, in, like, I would say maybe their mid to late 20s, and they're entering a convenience store and asking the Korean guy who works there if they can hang a poster in the store for their Pride Week performance. And as soon as he sees it, he's like, you guys are called Gay Town Boys? <laughs> and um, tells them that it's a very messy poster and goes, who make? Get refund. <laughs> and I uh, hands it right back to them. <laughs> I do love that this gag starts you off thinking that Maybe he is homophobic, but the 
button on the end of it is that he actually really doesn't like the poster and i felt so much kinship with him at that point it was like if you see like if i was playing a show and somebody made a terrible flyer for it i was like oh, i don't even want to play this show anymore like that's an embarrassing looking because like, it's so important yeah i thought it was uh it was a nice little intro because uh you get a good vibe for the character um I don't know quite how to describe Mr. Kim at this point or uh, Appa as I'll probably refer to him a lot throughout. He's very um, matter of fact. I-, I think we learn a lot about the character moving forward, but early on, very kind of cut and dry, at least in these interactions. You know what's funny is the whole episode, I was like, who does he remind me of? And I couldn't like put my finger on it. Is it the grandpa from Three Ninjas? Because that's no, who it well, reminds me no. of. No, and I think that was the problem. I was trying to think of another Asian guy, but he kind of reminds me of Rob Reiner now. Oh, Is it the bald thing? Yeah, he's got like the glasses. <laughs> he's a little bald. He's got a beard going. It was, uh, I think it's him. Well, it's just like an Asian Rob Reiner <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> I would go to a convenience store owned by either Meathead. <laughs> And then, um, so one of the guys asked if the problem with the poster is actually just because they're gay. Mr. Kim replies by telling him that he has no issues with the gays, but he does have a problem with the parade. And he says, like, the traffic, the garbage, the noise. He's like, if you was the gay, why can't you be quiet? Respectful gay, huh? Like Anderson like Cooper. Harris. Yeah, Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> and uh, he's like, um... They don't yell about being gay. He's like, some people don't like Koreans, but we don't make a big parade yelling at the people. We is Korean. We is Korean. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, too, because Anderson Cooper is not outwardly gay, right? Like, everybody thinks he is. No, he is. Is he? He's yeah. out. No, no, he's out. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I had no but, idea. But I think that kind of goes to Mr. Kim's you. point, right? Yeah, he's, right, yeah. He's gay, but he doesn't, doesn't, he doesn't address it that it. much. Like, it's out there, but he's not talking about it too much. I think Anderson Cooper only comes off as, like, Anderson Cooper. I don't think he comes off as anything other than, like, a very singular type of person. You know what I mean? Like, he is right, who yeah. he is. And he seems – the only time he ever seems to break out of the mold that he always is, like, he's a very – maybe it's a journalistic thing, right, where he's always himself, is that on New Year's Eve, they always get him, like, rip-roaring drunk, drunk on tequila yeah. shots. And then he becomes – so fun like anderson cooper at midnight is one of my favorite things of new year's eve it's always like we'll always turn on cnn just be like let's watch coops get wasted real quick and it's always funny i want to go back a little bit to just kind of this dialogue with uh mr kim and just his way of explaining things like why do you guys have to be so loud and outwardly gay and i feel like with him he's asking legitimately because of the format of the show and because it's through the eyes of like an older korean man you can kind of get away with addressing those topics that maybe if it was someone like our age, like a mid thirties white guy, it would not read the same. So it like, yeah. you can kind of attack these issues that maybe you wouldn't be able to otherwise. Very little about this show would work if it was from any of our point of views. You know what I right. mean? Like this is not yeah. a show that one of us could anchor. You know what I mean? It has to very much be about who it's Well, I mean, about. a lot of it is about their culture too. And like the, the older parents trying to force their culture on the younger kids and it's just like not translating anymore and it's kind of like the keystone of this first episode anyways yeah and um after he asks all this stuff about the parades and everything one of the two men asks him like are you homophobic and tells him like you know your refusal to hang the poster is a hate crime and you know i'm gonna report that and now mr kim's he's, he's getting pretty nervous about that and before the guy can even walk out he tells him i'm not homophobic like 
Uh, if, if I was, why would I give this no, gay he discount? Says, I'm not no. homophobic. He says, oh, "Well, <laughs> he, yes." He, he says, never says it the same no, way. No, he says like, it all three times. times. He says it. He One also, of them, he says, "Homo bobo," yeah, which made me just think of the Liberty Bibbity commercial, <laughs> yeah, and then I was laughing even harder. I think he said, reason that's way I think he said uh, "Homo pobo." Was it pobo? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, he tells him like, "If I was homo pobo, <laughs> why would I give a gay discount for Pride Week?" And he uh, tells him it's fifteen percent off for gay guys or gays in general. Yeah, it's a gay discount. Apparently, that simple gesture was enough to excite the guy because at one point he's going to report this hate crime, and now he's all excited and asking how much candy bars are going to cost. So you know, it's kind of he's crazy so to be so though. excited about getting fifteen percent off at the local convenience store. I know, like it's, it's so a nice gesture. <laughs> I wouldn't like be against it, but it's literally not like, pennies. Yeah, it, and he so he picks up like a, a packet of nuts or something, right? And he's like, yeah. "Oh, it's two seventy. And so then I think it's a butterfinger. Be, oh, was it a butterfinger? It looked I like it was a, a pack of peanuts. Yeah. I thought it was. A, I thought it was a candy bar, but I didn't like overly inspect. It. But you know what I was thinking too with this fifteen percent discount? Like, there's no limit on it. Like, you could in theory save a bunch of money by buying in bulk. Like, if you went and bought the entire door of the cooler, like, you would save hundreds of dollars. Right. right. But I think that a convenience store is probably priced higher than 15% compared to a grocery store. That's true, too. Yeah, true. So yeah. if you're like, oh, well, I'll just go get a bunch of, like, frozen right, pizzas right. and stuff and have them, you'd probably still be paying more. It's but like, it does um, seem like this neighborhood is like a bodega-type scenario where people go here more frequently. Yeah, Joe, like, you know what it reminds me of is, you remember the convenience store near the apartment on Clay Street? Yes. That's exactly what it reminds me Very of. Very much, a little yeah. small, like one aisle and not really a ton in it, but it had what you needed. Although in this convenience store, if you open up the beer cooler that was never actually cold, there <laughs> is it just a giant slab of hanging meat dripping onto the boxes of beer, which always <laughs> threw me off. I wanted to talk about this uh, convenience store a little bit since you brought it up. Looks like it's being shot in an actual convenience store. I'm under the impression that that was the set that they used. They just used an actual store. That's how I, don't, it I don't know, but it's maybe. not. No, really. <laughs> yeah, everything in the show, including the rental place, it's all, um, it's all sets. I was surprised too. I'm shocked to hear that. Not so much for that as much as their house. Yeah, because just because it's filmed in Canada, I'd assume that like they just rent the Canadian like store. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean they that... use the exteriors real. That's a real convenience store. They just put a new sign on it. To well, shoot yeah, all of the they do that for, shots, for all shows. They do an exterior yeah. shot. Everything else is a set, though. I was surprised, too, because it feels like you're in a convenience store. And Nick I and I worked in a convenience store for years, and I felt like, oh, yeah, that's where I'm at. I can't believe, because I have notes about the house later, which we'll we'll touch in a minute. Like, can't believe that that wasn't an actual house. Well, I mean, that, they probably film in Toronto or something like that, which is kind of like, it's becoming like the Hollywood up there it's like, been for a while it's yeah, cheaper it's, to well they, for so american probably films, have yeah. vancouver's yeah. the big one too right now vancouver, I think. But toronto yeah, yeah. i think a lot um but they probably have tons of sound stages and up there up there now too and they tend to use toronto when it's a big city because you can make it look like new york or you can make it look like yeah um, boston chicago or or whatever, boston yeah. for fever pitch <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah to go back to when he's doing like the math when whether it's candy or peanuts or whatever um, like he did the math pretty quick in his head, which I thought was impressive, but I was wondering like why that it like exchange needed to happen. Like he tells him, Hey, I'm giving gay guys a 15% discount. And he's like, Oh, how much is this? It's like, well, you know how much it is. You could like do the rough math in your head. I don't know why you need the example. He's trying to <laughs> call like him out on his bullshit. Yeah. I think he's trying to put him on the spot. Him. But also, I feel like you don't have to do the math, right? Like, we've all worked at jobs with cash registers. If somebody was like, what's the discount? You're not trusted to do that math in your head. You ring it up, and then you discount the exactly. price with the 
giant electric calculator that you're putting the money into. Like you wouldn't just be like, let me write this down and, you know, carry the one. They also ask him how he knows who's gay and who isn't to give him the guarantee. He he just tells him that he knows and he's like, I can tell. And they're like, you have gaydar? He's like, I have gaydar. 100% guarantee. Keep on that sharper image. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I thought about. Yeah. And then to close out that scene, because now that they think they're in good graces with them, they slide him the poster again and ask about hanging it. And he just simply replies, you can do better. And he slides the poster back. Which, He's steadfast on which, the banner. Which, like but it, I yeah. love that because Joey touched on that earlier. And it's it wasn't that he's homophobic. He legitimately does not like the poster at all and doesn't want to hang it. And that's yeah, why the done. dude the dude who said he was going to go report him was like a huge dick about it. But like from the get-go, it was apparent that he wasn't homophobic. I don't know if it was super apparent because he could have been masking that and using that as like the veiled excuse as to why he didn't I guess I mean but I guess I mean if you were homophobic you would be outwardly homophobic I think I also think like the other guy that was with him knew Mr. Kim he, he talks to him like, like yeah they he did their, talk to like, each other like they knew he each other he introduces him so he says like hi Kevin I think and he seemed yeah, very nervous so. at the tension between the two like that other kid seemed yeah, very he, con- in the he consistently gets mad at him whenever he calls out Mr. Kim so right. I think he knows he's not like homophobic from there we get to the intro which is just kind of like simple shots of the family kind of like living in the city and they just kind of have some like color effects to like change some of the things around them nothing uh, overly complicated this theme song it, it was theme fine song throughout the whole show and it's just like, da, 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 da. <laughs> like yeah it's I a very simple it. kind of generic theme like i didn't i didn't think too much of it I like that it's simple. One thing I did like, though, is they use the sort of cuts from the theme song as interstitials throughout the show. I prefer interstitials to just fade outs. It feels like more cohesive. You know? I'm okay yeah. with the intro. I just hate the song. I wish they had a better song. If you know a full on song, make it a good one. Well, you one made that intros, very clear. You one of those intros likes too, an intro. A little bit long for me too, especially considering the the like the basis of the show. Like I don't need this whole like cityscape intro with like you know 45 minute long thing. Just you know, give me a stinger like Superstore style. I think I would like to think, I mean, I don't know because I haven't seen it, but you know how like when you watch The Office in syndication, they don't do the whole theme song. They just cut to where it shows the sign that says The Office. Yeah, yeah. a couple quick I would bars. Say, yeah, I would say for this one, you could just cut to where it says Kim's Convenience on the sign and then yep. go right into the show, right? I think you do the theme song for like one episode per season mm-hmm. and then you shorten it. Be well, yeah, like it. last week's episode, for those of you listening, we covered step by step and the intro for that was- minute uh, theme song. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a very, very <laughs> long intro and then they eventually- trim it down a bit over time but yeah i mean not much to say about the intro it just kind of is what it is and joe you you mentioned like all the cutaways throughout the episode every time they go from scene to scene it's just kind of random shots of the city which is fine it's nothing uh nothing major but i think it it does do a good job of just kind of keeping you in the settings i just want to mention my first watch through of the show like as a whole i didn't realize they were in canada until well through the second season (laughs) There's actually a point in this episode when I knew, and I'll I'll tell you when we get to it, but um, there was one specific thing that happens, which is what flagged it for me. For me, it was in season two, I saw money, and they, they exchanged money in this one too, but it was very much clearer <laughs> than, and I'm like, oh, that's not American. It's Canadian Canada. dollar bills are pretty awesome looking. I'm kind of surprised American currency doesn't have that strip in it yet, because it's a big security feature, right? So you'd think that with how often they change like the 20s and everything here that they would go to the more um secure currency yeah There's a lot of coins there too though one and Loonies two dollar coins yeah loonies yep. and toonies 
One of the times we were in Canada, I was definitely a little too drunk. We were in Ottawa. <laughs> were you a little toony? <laughs> I was a little toony. And I had all this change in my hand and I like went up to buy a beer for Kelsey and me. And then I had to like ask the girl. I was like, which one of these is $2? Because like trying to tip her for each drink. And she was just like, you fucking idiot. Just, like, I would, ta- I would take so much advantage of stupid Americans. <laughs> I'll tell you. I, mean, I knew uh, that one was a dollar and one was two. I knew that she wasn't going to be like, oh, that $5 bill is actually <laughs> one Canadian. You know, like I would have known that. Having only been to Canada when I was like 19 years old, it certainly changes the dynamic if you're at a gentleman's club. We were 20. <laughs> I turned I turned 19 on that trip. Did you? I thought we were in. I thought we were Yeah, I have, in, I have a question about ah, that, Nick. I'm sorry. Seven, you know, Nick. I thought. I could, yeah, I don't know, actually. I'm. I'm Regardless, um, yeah. Well, yeah. Jay, you brought up a point here. Now, I've never been to a gentleman's club. I'm not a gentleman. Uh, I'm a gentleman <laughs> in Canada. Um, so, how does that situation work? You just pelt them at them as hard as you can. <laughs> no, uh, no. Uh, you, know, you just, you know, you place it down the same way you would uh, throw a dollar down here, I guess. But um, it just doesn't give the same aesthetic when it's just like I a didn't, couple. I coins. actually didn't go to the club with them there i did something i think i might have i don't know what i did actually but i didn't go to the gentleman's club with them that's funny that's why i didn't go to the country not oh, so a gentleman you, so you intentionally didn't go <laughs> oh so okay. you didn't go on purpose yeah, i'm yeah. glad we finally established that yes we you have twist it on, my words based on my joke <laughs> oh. <clears throat> but uh yeah in any event from there from the intro we get to a new scene where we're in the home of mr kim who, uh who's also with his wife and daughter janet Janet asks if she can borrow his van for something she's doing with school. I can't remember specifically what that was. And she said he, she's shooting a project because she's a photographer. You get the idea. She's okay. a photographer. And um, he cuts her off and starts with like, what happened to good morning, Appa? And telling her, uh, Uma, uh, that uh, she looks pretty today. Appa and Uma are mother and father in Korean, I believe. And Yes. I think up later. And they're pretty much referred to that specifically like – um throughout the episode more than Mr. and Mrs. Kim. So I think um, more times than I are going to be hearing me use those terms. So Janet backtracks a little bit and properly greets them and then asks if she can use the van to which he still says no again and disappears into another room. And it looks like, um, this is what I was going to say earlier. Like this is why I'm surprised it was all sets. It looked like it was in an actual house because it was like too cramped during certain scenes. And one thing I didn't really like was it looked like they kept walking over the camera like they kept like walking right by the camera and it was really distracting to me and that's the i don't know if you guys picked up on that i didn't notice that also are we supposed to believe uh, is this above the convenience store i yeah. couldn't tell is it yeah yeah no, it is yeah, they okay. go they walk down the stairs into it okay is that where he went when he disappeared because that really yeah he just went down yeah uh, he's like wait hold on one second and then just disappears it's such a great move And like if you have that exit, exit to just walk out of the situation, take it. That's that's perfect. Uh, earlier, I said Uma, but it's Uma, right? Uma. Yeah, Uma and Appa. Uma and Appa. Yeah. So once he's gone, Uma starts asking Janet uh, to start coming to church with her, and hints that it's like a good place to meet men. And Janet says she's not going to church just to hook up with guys. <laughs> the mother goes like, "Not hook up, hook around." Hooking and, around is a great term. Yeah, and then she picks up the church directory, and she's just, like, admiring all the boys in it like it's a catalog that you can order one from. And uh, Janet says she doesn't need her help, uh, to which Amma replies, where are you going to get your cool Christian Korean boyfriend? <laughs> Janet kind of gets into, like, this um, this dialogue where she says there's no such thing. And basically, <laughs> if you have two, the third doesn't exist. So if you are 
cool and Christian, you're not Korean. If you're Christian and Korean, you're not cool, uh, and so on. It's like a verbal and, Venn diagram. Right. And the only yeah. time that you have all three is uh, if it's a female. And then uh, Amma tells her that Jung is all three. Uh, is he a girl? And Janet's like, are you telling me I should date my brother? <laughs> and I really liked her reaction because she's like, no. But she was like looking like <laughs> like it was a legitimate question. Like she's asking her if she should do that. Yeah, she's like a little aloof in a very funny way. Almost in like an Edith Bunker sort of a way where it's she doesn't quite get what she's saying. and doesn't get why she's being sort of laughed at, like what's sort of uncomfortable about her, but she's sweet the whole time, you know? And um, she goes, look, Janet, when I was your age, I go to church, find the Jesus, find cool Christian Korean boy, and we hook around. <laughs> she's like, can you please stop saying hook around? It doesn't sound good. She's like, if I is not hook around with your appa, you've not been born. <laughs> I do like the idea of like your somebody your fucking mother telling you about hooking around with your dad. It's just a conversation you do not. Yes, want I, I wrote that down. Like I never want to be at that level of closeness with my mother. No, that's too far. And, and she uh, opened Pandora's box when she brought up hookup in the first place. All right. No, it's like it's that's a it's a one way street. It just is. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you shouldn't be. If you bring it up, it needs to be somebody has to be the bigger person there. You both can't go down the road. That's a, that's a game of chicken you don't want to lose. From there, we got one of these transitions, but it is the Pride Parade that was being talked about earlier, and it looked, I mean, this had to be, like, they just sent someone over to go to a Pride Parade and get some footage, because I don't think they would have that kind of budget for, for a few for seconds. pilot. Yeah. We need some Yeah, this looks like and, somebody yeah. went with a, the handy cam and just got some real footage, because and it's pretty bumping, right? It's like a real deal Yeah, parade it's a full-on, yeah, full-on thing. Now, do you guys like a parade? I hate parades. I do too. As a kid, I, I love them. As an adult, yeah. I'm like, I don't want to be within a hundred feet of it. Yeah, same. I mean, As a kid, I was like, okay, cool, parade. But now, like, it, especially working in the city on a parade route for all like the Patriots and, and Red Sox oh God. and stuff. When the, like when that, the Patriots or Red Sox would win, oh it would my be God, it's a such a nightmare. nightmare. I mean, even the like I the always, marathon. I watch the Thanksgiving just... one every year. Yeah, like I watched the Macy's parade like at home. I don't think I've literally ever seen a Macy's Day parade. Really? That's I do so watch that too, but I meant more being at one, right? Because watching it on TV is one thing, um, right? You watch Woody Woodpecker come down the road, you're pretty stoked about it, but like having anything to be that's there, sadder. The sports parade. At least parades, you're at an event if you go to one. Like if, a, <laughs> if there's a sports parade, I, I don't attend all of them now, but most of them when we were kids, I did. And I don't know, I don't hate parades, I, I but I don't have a strong opinion either way. I wouldn't. Other than a sporting one, I don't think I would like go out of my way just to attend a parade. But Stop, if there was one we, there, we I wouldn't have, be upset. Well, we have boring ass parades. If we had like a really exciting one, I think it would be more fun. I think the problem with parades now as an adult is that it's almost like St. Patrick's Day, where it's like a day where people who don't usually drink decide to drink a lot. So like, especially when it's like the Patriots or somebody win, right? Like it's just drunk people in the street everywhere. And we're in Boston, right? It's so a marathon Monday. If you go, because there's the Red Sox game too, right? So, uh, every day because it's Patriots Day. There's just over near Fenway Park, there's just drunk people all afternoon, like throwing up in the street. It's like, why do you want to be anywhere near that? But it's weird. It's like, it's all perception because like the St. Patrick's Day Parade. And for those of you who've been listening to a while, know we're all from Boston. The St. Patrick's Day Parade in Boston to me is like insufferable. The one time I went, I was miserable. Everybody's dressed up like a green Muppet and just drinking like animals. And like, I didn't want to be around it. That's because you're a stupid Italian. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but like, so that I had, I, I just didn't enjoy being at. But then 
a sports one, like say the Patriots win a championship and I'm there and the, the floats are going by, like I enjoy being at that. And it's not that different of context, but it's enough. Like I'm invested in the sporting team. I don't care about St. Patrick's Day. So it makes the event funner right. for me. You know what it is? Is Boston teams just win so much. It's gotten old for us. We've gone to so many parades. And that's when our New York listenership plummets. <laughs> LA. Suck in New York. <laughs> no, that's actually one of our better states. Uh, our best state most times. So sorry, New York. Well, yeah, I can go on record for all the New York people here and say that I hate the Patriots. So Yeah. yeah. Fuck the Pats. Yeah, Nick is a resident Giants fan. What am I talking about? That's true. <laughs> and then how? Um, anyways, anyways, so we get back to the store and there's a man checking out and he asks about the gay discount. And they're having like, when he's asking, he, the way he's saying it, like, he has a very um like a feminine voice and mr kim just tells him finish your sentences because he keeps like trailing off and like not like closing out his final words it's very parental or teacher like almost right right. to stop him and be like finish your thought here and he tells him like yeah there's a 15 percent discount for all the gays and then gives him his total and he's like well is that with the discount and he's like no you're not gay and the guy's like what i'm definitely gay some even say i'm too gay (laughs) and uh mr kim says you're not gay, 100% guarantee, just pretending. And the guy like is like, this isn't over. <laughs> and uh, But he does pay for his stuff, but he's very mad. And I'll say the like his effeminate voice like does kind of subside a little bit in that moment He when he gets like serious. he, he Everything kind of changed when he couldn't get the discount. It's is this tough. also too where he says- He has a big accent too, so it's like tough. Like- yeah, it's, there's actually, I thought it was pretty interesting, right, for you mentioned the accent, right, that a lot of the people who come in to the convenience store also have accents, right? Like, there's a woman who comes in who seems to be, like, happens like an Jamaican. island accent. Yeah, it was like a Jamaican, and he yeah, seemed and to be, like, a, I couldn't, I couldn't quite, place his. He's, like, maybe Cuban, or I couldn't really specifically maybe, yeah. tell. I would guess Cuban. He also, Mr. one of Mr. Kim's best friends, who isn't in this episode, is, like, Middle Eastern or something. He has a heavy accent, too, and they always talk. At this point with that customer, and, we, and to skip ahead a little, we do see him later on. Were you under the impression that he was faking it for the discount no. at this point? I, I was. I thought he was at this point, but he I is. wasn't sure. He's a reoccurring character. Oh, he is I, later on? I didn't think he was faking it. And again, it's hard for me. Obviously, the conceit of him saying, I have a gaydar is going to lead to a bunch of stuff in the episode you know going forward where people are going to be, he's going to be wrong, right? But I also, I didn't get that. I still won't believe that anybody would fight that hard for a 15% discount at a convenience store who was, you know, for, it just doesn't make sense to me. So like, it's hard it, for me to even believe it. That is it 15% it. bulk or is it 15% per item? Wouldn't that be the same amount? Be, yeah, be, <laughs> total? It? It should, yeah, it should all even Yeah, that would be the same thing. Yeah, it would it? even itself out. I'm I don't know if PEMDAS applies there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So from there we go to handy car rentals and there's two guys working in the garage who uh, need to clean out one of the rentals and clearly there's a dead animal in the backseat. Okay, and so um, I can relate to this. I, I was going to say, I love how this perfectly transitions <laughs> me and Joe's job into Ferg's old job. Right. <laughs> we never found a dead animal, but we found some fucked up things in cars and ugh. Uh, if you to put you on the spot, can you think of like one or two that like really stood out to you in your time working at a car rental place? More, more like gross shit. Like found like condoms in the like back like part where you'd like store shit. We found like it's just people are filthy, filthy, <laughs> filthy people when they rent a car. You must have found condoms all the time, right? That had to be a constant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
least people being leave food, like old food under there, but like people don't rent stuff that long. So it's most likely like I cleaned the car and didn't get the food and never found it. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a daily rental, but the food is months old, yeah, just like, covered in bugs. Old like that was my shit. fault. Like, my bad. Yeah, it's more oh, bad like, on you di- than I found dirty diapers like under the seats and shit. Just like gross, gross stuff you don't want to touch. Like, Yeah, that's a nightmare. And, is, uh, there, is it a big process to clean? I mean, like I we used to rent car before we bought a car. If we had to go up to visit family up north or whatever, we'd always rent after a while because we just got sick of taking the train. And uh, I always wondered, like, how intense is the cleaning process when you bring back the car? Basically, they would drive it into the little wash bay. We'd vacuum really fast and then we'd wipe shit down and then drive it through the car wash. I'm I'm sure it should be a, like, like a more thorough process. But at that point, you have a hundred cars. You have lines from because it's all airport people. You get those cars out fast. Yeah, that's a that's a quick turnaround at the airport. Um, what I want to mention too, one of the two guys that has to clean this car out is uh, Jung, and Jung is the um, son of Mr. Kim. Janet shows up and offers to buy him lunch in exchange for his friends and family discount, so she can get a car. And he asks what's wrong with the van, and she says Appa is the problem, and that uh, she's 20 and still isn't allowed to drive it. And Jung mentions that he drove it when he was 13, but it was revealed that he stole it, and he insists that it wasn't stealing because it's from family. I would be remiss to not point out, too, that his friend here he's working with, uh, Kim Chi, is Andrew Fung, who is uh, his, his, his friend on the show. He was in the Laugh Out Loud Canada yeah. competition that Ferg and I watched that you two both need to still watch because I'm pretty sure I took like three years off of my life laughing as hard as I did. Oh, I have too. not laughed that hard, I think, ever. And it took all the it took Tom Green in twenty twenty one to make it happen or twenty twenty two shit. I will, That's the year uh, I lost. It I'll, was last year. I'll take a note. Tom you guys Green's have talked about that it. recently. And um, it was stupidly funny. And that dude uh was one of the main characters. I gotta say this, Colin Mockery is the only, is like a fine wine, just better with age. He's the <laughs> best. Yeah, he, I didn't think he would still be funny at 65 or whatever, but boy, does he, boy, does he pull it out. <laughs> and I guess since you guys are plugging it one more time, what's that one called? Laugh Out Loud Canada. And this is available where? Amazon laugh- Prime. Okay. It's la- Honestly, one, anybody one, who likes last laughing, one laughing should Canada. watch it. Last one laughing, so Joe... Gave the wrong name. What did I say it was? It's, it's Last One Laughing Canada. Oh, Last One Laughing. Okay. I'm sorry. LOL, which is also Laugh Out Loud, so I see how you made the mistake. I made the mistake, yeah. I'm sure people will find it, though. It's a high recommend. And uh, anyway, so Janet then tells him that he owes her because since he's not around, they overparent her. In the exchange, it's kind of revealed that he and his father haven't talked in like a long time, and there's no real timeline as to like how long that's supposed to last for. It sounds like his intention is to never speak to him again or how long it has been. Yeah. Yeah. They you, don't you it, know kind it's of been a long later. time, but they don't really establish quite how long. Yeah. Like later on when he tells his manager a little bit about it, you get a little more sense for the timeline, but we don't really know how old he is either. Right. Cause they eventually, they do say how old the sister is. They say she's 20 yep. at one point and he's the older brother. So, you know, at least a year or two older. Correct. And you should add that, um, the brother is actually played by a Marvel actor that plays, um, uh, f- fuck, Shang-Chi. Yeah. He plays fuck Shang-Chi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I didn't recognize him because I, I don't watch the Marvel movies, but then I realized that he hosted SNL last season. And I was like, oh, that's how I know this guy. His actual name's escaping me. It's like Simu something. Fuck. I also heard he's a dick to work with. That's a Simu- bummer. I always hate hearing yeah. that. I know. Simu something fuck? tag him. Maybe he'll yeah, refuse I mean, the I, I tagged thing. Roseanne uh, when we put it on, and we just made fun of her voice. <laughs> <laughs> Roseanne. Damn. Paid, we paid tribute to her voice. <laughs> and... uh. So Jung's manager then walks in and instantly asks who Janet is. And when Jung tells her that this is his sister, you kind of see like this instant relief on her face. I think it's already pretty clear that she has a thing for him. Yeah, I love this character. I love the like nervous but thirsty yeah. boss at did, the rental place. Did you guys read that interaction the same way? Oh, definitely. Oh, right oh away, yeah. Yeah. yeah, big time. And uh, she introduces herself as Jung's manager, but also would like to think that they're friends. And <laughs> as his friend needs to tell him that the manager only wants employees back there. So that was a nice workaround to um, reprimanding him kindly. I also like that she clearly sees him as a bad boy, which is part of the attraction. Yes. Because she's like, oh, a tough guy like you from the inner city. But that's completely untrue as well. So you don't really know. I wonder if he's told her a different story or... Yeah, well, I mean, well, we know he has a little bit of a checkered past. We don't know, like, all the details of it. And, um, yeah, because he says how he's rebellious by nature, too. And she's like, but rules are rules, understood? And then she's like, understood, understood in the hood. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I did. I really, I liked her character at that point. Uh, She kind of, that's an easy line to really overdo when you're being that, like, zany. But I thought she kind of nailed that level of, realistic enough for it to be passable for a show she's perfect in this too because she's used sparingly and when she's used she's funny and then you're sort of out which mm-hmm. again i haven't seen any other episodes i think she's really funny i get why they'd build a spinoff on her but i don't know if but it could be dangerous because yeah, that could be too much it could be taxing if you just keep pounding that in yeah you got me really excited when you said there was a spinoff for a show and my level of excitement dropped when you said it was her <laughs> She's one of those characters that's like, she, like you're saying, she's best as a side character. I don't know if she can hold her own show as that character. Maybe the actress can, but. Yeah, because I think like your initial, now I've legitimately at this point only watched one episode, but my gut instinct would have been like Janet moves off somewhere, like, you know, and gets a job in a new city and like that would be the obvious spinoff show. Right, like be like another world from the Cosby show. Exactly. Right? Where yep. it's like, okay, the daughter goes off to college and now we're going to follow her and then other people can sort of poke back in, right? The sort of standard way you do a spinoff like that. Right. And before leaving, uh, the manager reminds Jung and the other guy that the reason that she was there is because a customer called looking for their pet ferret. And um, that's when you realize that that is the animal you saw in the back seat at the top of the scene. And he goes, yeah, I'm going to say no. <laughs> it's a good like, button on that too, right? Yeah. I guess I didn't think it was a ferret either, but I guess now it looked. Yeah, like I couldn't a, tell what animal it was. It looked beginning. like a Davy Crockett hat from. Which like, had, it's it's good physical comedy too. He like steps in front of her view and crosses his arms, almost like block it, like like he'd get in trouble for killing. Yeah, it, right. It's, it's the like, customer's one who left it. It's just easier for everyone to say they didn't see it. Yeah, no one has like to the, know. Well, that's the better way, right? Because what's the what good is it to do? You tell the customer, yeah, you left it in the car and it's dead. I mean. Oh, it's such a tough one, right? Because you don't closure. Wanna... Yeah, I think I would want to know. Yeah, yeah. yeah probably you would want to know. know as the customer, but as the employee, what's the move you would make? Right, because you don't want to risk litigation or something, or them threatening and saying that you did something 
or you getting in trouble at work when you didn't do anything wrong, but how are you going to prove that? Right. I would tell the truth and have her come get the body so I don't have to touch the dead fucking ferret because they smell even when they're alive. So <laughs> I, I can only say imagine that smells terrible. Yeah. so bad. I can't even imagine what a dead ferret smells like. And now I, I oh my God. Oh, I hate the smell of ferrets so much. <laughs> and then we get back to the store and uh, Appa is talking to another local business owner, Mr. Chin. And they're talking about how Pride Week has actually been really good for their businesses. Mr. Chin said, remember when we start? No gay in sight. Where they all come from? Immigration? Refugee? And Appa started talking about how it's more popular now. But it says how everybody switches sides. Man becoming woman. Woman dressing like man who looks like woman. And uh, they get into conversation about, you know, how the differences between transsexuals. But then they realize they're transgender. It's a very interesting conversation for two, like, elderly Asian men to have. And again, I think it's just a, they can... They can attack this topic better than if the scene was to, you know, 20-something, yeah, 30-something okay. year olds white They guys. have the double excuse. They have that they're elderly, and they have that they're from a country they're where from, that's not yeah, a thing. Like, exactly. Yeah. I did really enjoy it, too. Like, I got a genuine laugh out of it when Mr. Kim says, um, what's the difference between a transsexual and transgender? And he's actually asking a question, and Mr. Chin thinks he's giving him the setup, setup to a joke. Yeah. <laughs> he has to be like, I'm not telling you a joke. Like, I, I didn't know. see that coming. And that was, I don't know. What is really the funny. difference between a transsexual and a transgender? He's <laughs> like, no, he's like, I'm asking a real question. I don't know. This also goes to show that there's like, you know, some heart to it, like earlier in the episode when he's just mad about the flyer, where he's genuinely asking, what is the difference? He like wants to be informed by it, right? Which is like a nice thing to see where they could have just played it as like you could have taken this in so many directions that would have been so uncomfortable yeah but they, that, that all really comes out later with the cross-dresser scene yes yeah we'll it, get to it, when we get to it exactly but. with the drag queen um, scene yeah. yeah yeah but but here as they're talking there's a jamaican woman who we mentioned earlier who's just shopping in the store and she gets to the register and tries to ask about that discount that she heard about and then there was like this kind of a weird exchange between her and mr kim because she has a very thick I assume Jamaican accent and he has a very thick Korean accent and neither of them can understand each other. So they're having a hard time. Like they're a real standstill on this one. Eventually, Mr. Kim explains that, you know, it's a 15% off, but it's only for the gays. I say it that way because he always says the gays when he, when he says it. And, um, she asks, well, when am I getting my discount? And he stops and he looks really panicked for a second. And he's like, uh, February for black history month, 15%. And she's like, that's the shortest month of the year. But Mr. Chin kind of interrupts and he's like, yeah, but it's a leap year. So you get an extra day this year. So take full advantage. <laughs> take full I advantage. I love the take full advantage. I also line. don't get why she got mad. Like he picked the month that was. Yeah, it's already established. Month. Yeah, like, it's he already. That. <laughs> I do love, though, that Mr. Kim is going to lose 15% of his profits for the entirety of the rest of his career because he's now backed into a wall where if anybody asks him yeah. where their discount is, he's going to have to sort of bend over to it. Well, no, yeah, he said it's only during the week. For Pride Week, yeah, it's only the week. She, right, but now he's too. saying he's going to do a Black History one for all of yeah. February. Oh, week. oh, right, right, yeah, yeah. Like, but if anybody walks what? in and they're like, well, what about, you know, X, Y, or Z? That actually could have been his... Also, uh, she shouldn't be complaining because the gays only got a week. She got an entire month, even if it's exactly. the shortest month. And if, like... If but he again, was, like, it's 15% at a convenience store. I, I don't understand the appeal. But if he had said, like, uh, yeah, uh, we'll give you all of July... She'd be like, why July? I don't know. <laughs> it's like, you know, so like there had to be a reason why it was, you know, given to her. 
But again, I do like that it all comes from, it's always funny, but it doesn't seem, none of it seems to come from a place of anywhere bad, right? Right, like right, right. He's very genuine about it. And then there's a, there's a couple transitions and we get back to the store, I assume maybe the next day. And Janet's working behind the register and two different Korean boys are in the store. I say boys, but they're about her age, probably about 20-ish, uh, early 20s. It was yeah, early we're 20-ish. old men now. They're all boys and girls. Right, right. <laughs> and then uh, they're both trying to apply for the open position in the store, which Janet has no idea what's going on until Amma walks in with the clipboard ready to give like this kind of on-the-spot interview to the two of them. And the first question is, do you go to church? And Janet's like, you can't ask them that. And one replies saying that, you know, it's fine, but yes, I do go to church. That's actually where I saw the ad. And the other replies, yeah, me too. So Amma starts checking off on her paper while saying to herself, cool Christian Korean. And this is when Janet finally puts two and two together. And I was actually a little surprised that it took her that long to understand me what too. was going on. I was going to comment on that. Because <laughs> Janet's smart. <laughs> yeah, and it was like the second her mother walked up, she should have been like, I see what's going on. But yeah, it, it took her a minute here. Like maybe it was a benefit of the doubt thing where she didn't think her mom would go to that level of extreme. That she just sort of, it took her a minute to pick up on it. But like, well, I don't know. It's be a benefit of the adult thing. She knows they're not hiring. Yeah, it's <laughs> right? a family convenience store. Like, it would have come up in conversation at some point that they were going to hire somebody. Yeah, hire somebody who was not in the family. Right. And uh, Janet apologizes to the two men and runs off. And Amma chases after her and tells her if she doesn't mingle, she'll stay single. And Janet asks if these guys know that she is the job that, that they're applying for. And Amma thinks that, you know, she should be thanking her. And this is when Appa shows up. Appa, of course, is Mr. Kim. And when he gets caught up on what's going on, sides with Janet and tells his wife that she's a full balloon-grown woman now, which I thought was a weird way to explain it, and doesn't need help finding a boyfriend. And if she does find one, then how is she going to take over the store? And that's when Janet informs her Appa that she isn't going to be taking over the store. I did think it was a little strange that his concern was if she has a boyfriend, where will she have time to run the store? Like, yeah. I don't know. That could still work. You could have a boyfriend and also have a job. I did like, too, where she's like, you can't be doing it because she'll be pregnant. And then the, the dad's like, she's pregnant? Like, yeah. just immediately <laughs> thinks it's happening in real time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And, uh, no, I'm just like, well, when she gets married, she's going to have many babies. And we cut back to those two guys who are applying for this job. And they're like, uh, should we come back another time? And the mother's trying to keep them there. And Janet's like, I'm not taking over the store. I'm not having many babies. And then walks over to those two guys and tells them, sorry, that position is now closed and leaves. And then this is, this is one of my favorite parts of the whole episode. Appa walks up to the two boys and goes, we have a 15% gay discount only for this week. It's lucky day for you and looks at the taller of the two boys. And he's like, oh, no, no, I'm not gay. He goes, it's okay. Sometimes gay take time. I <laughs> think <laughs> he talks like Master Splinter. Yeah. And uh, after he says that to you, there's just like this wide shot of them all just kind of standing there and he just slurps his coffee like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a good button on that one. So from there, the next scene is they're going over receipts, and he kind of discovers that he's a little short. And when he checks the money under the counter, for that is when I realized it was Canadian. So you also detected it through money. That's how I figured it out. That's funny, yeah. So it was right here. It was like when he was going through the receipts, he then like looks under the register and kind of picks up like the like the drop money. 
and I saw some bills there, and that's when I went, wait a minute. <laughs> and I was like, is that Korean currency? I was like, that doesn't make any sense. No. So th- that's when I put two and two together that it was Canadian. <laughs> I like how you first thought it was Korean money. Like, you have to use Korean money in this Korean convenience. Well, it wasn't I, it wasn't like US dollars at first. So it struck yeah. as like, why aren't they using US currency? So that was like the next in line. But then I realized that doesn't make any sense at all. So then we, we arrive in Canada. So now enters the man who was denied that gay discount earlier. And this time he brought his boyfriend in as proof that he's gay. And the boyfriend, uh, on an aesthetic level, is a lot more feminine than he is. And um, also very clearly annoyed that he even had to come to the store for this specific reason. Like, hey, I need you to come to this little convenience store with me just to prove that I'm gay. Like, he, he obviously wants nothing to do with that. I would love to see a scene where they have the conversation back at like home or at a restaurant where they're talking about it, you know, like getting coffee that morning and they're like, okay, this is what I need you to do. This guy doesn't believe I'm gay and it's really sticking in my craw because I want 15% off at this convenience <laughs> yeah. store for this it's week. More about I don't the understand it. Than the actual monetary value for this at guy. At this point, yeah, it's yeah. I mean, for this, for this guy, yeah, it definitely is more of a um, sticking point, but. And I'm pretty sure he just found his one gay friend because I'm still convinced he's not gay. I don't know. The, so we'll get into that in a second because the dialogue between them is a little the the dialogue it's, between them as they left is it kind seems of relationship. Well, that's why I said his one gay friend and not just like he picked a random gay guy he found at Pride Month to help but, him get the discount. Well, it sounded like they have a history, like a history history, because it seemed to be jealousy. We'll talk about it in a second. So, um. Abba then engages with the guy again and asks him what his favorite movie is. And the guy stumbles a little bit and he says, it's Caddyshack. And he's like, with Bill Murray? See, not gay. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing makes me happier than to finally get a test of his gaydar. Because for the whole beginning of this episode, it's just internal. Like, he has an internal gaydar, quote Yeah, like, he just sees you and knows. Right. (laughs) When he has to actually put it to the test, the question is, what is your favorite movie? And I want to know, like, what the writers, you know, there had to be, like, 15 or 20 movies they were going to use, and they settled on Caddyshack, which I think is a perfect movie to settle on. Yeah. It's so random. He could have said something like, like, Lethal Weapon or something, like, masculine. He's like, there's no way that you'd be gay liking that or Terminator or something. And they went with Caddyshack. (laughs) It's such a great (laughs) choice. Yeah, I love it. For Joe's bachelor party, we went to a Caddyshack-themed bar. Yeah, we. I remember some of that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was, I'll say this: my my recollection. I can't even remember the name of the place. It was very loosely Caddyshack inspired, not was, as much as advertised. Yeah, we were given a bill of goods where it was like, "Hey, after this concert, do you guys want to go to a Caddyshack themed bar?" And it was like, "Oh my god, I want this. Nothing more in the world <laughs> that I want than this." And you walk in, and it was just a bar, and then there was like. A Caddyshack poster. <laughs> yeah, and like, like a, cu- a couple of the drinks are like have a name and that's about it. Right, yeah. It was like a drink called You Scratched My Anchor. And you're like, I guess, <laughs> guys. Okay, sure. But fuck, whatever. I'm here. You walk and they just play the Caddyshack theme on repeat. And that's why it's themed that. I think they did have a TV that was just playing it over and over again. But the TV was the size of like Michael Scott's TV that Jan throws the... <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> throws the Dundee, the Dundee into yeah, and they yeah. had like giant other TVs playing sports right so like it was yeah. so like what's happening here see effort and they weren't even playing golf as sports also watch true. golf on TV did I ever I don't know if we've talked about this before on the show or not but it's, it's closed now but there was a cricket themed bar 
in Cambridge for a little while. Like Rickety Cricket? Much like Rickety Cricket. I'm it, pretty sure you mean Jiminy Cricket. Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> the best friend of Jay Petto. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I thought the cricket theme bar, I mean, like, I think it's the kind of thing that in 20 years might be a more successful bar because as more people come to the city who, you know, that sports is really popular in other countries, not really here. I felt really bad because we went in there because it was a Friday night and like every bar in Union Square was busy and that one was completely empty. We were like playing a show and just need to like kill time and get drinks. And they were just like, come in, look, we're playing like 10 games and just like didn't want to be mean to the people. So we were just like, oh, yeah, sure. We love cricket. It's like, oh, this is so awkward now. You know what? They deserve it. What kind of idiot decides to open a cricket bar in America? Well, no, I mean, you find like you figure like. If, you, if there's still going to be like an like an audience for it here, and the it would people, still be a niche audience though, right? Not, but yeah. they they might be very very loyal patrons of the place because it's like the one spot that caters to them. I so feel like there has to be a, a little mix sometimes though when you open a business that you can't specifically just open a business for what you like. Like imagine if you only liked right. hamburgers and not cheeseburgers and you opened a burger stand and you were like, well, we don't have cheese here. People would yeah. be like, what the fuck? You're like, well, that's not a burger to me. People would, you know, more than likely be mad about it. I'll say at my burger stand, I won't offer pickles. Fuck that. Your burger stand's going to die pretty quickly. No, I think of all the things to not offer, pickles would be like the least egregious for people to walk away from, though. If you were like, we don't have no, lettuce people and tomato, love people pickles. might be more angry. Like, me and Jay don't like pickles, but the majority of the world love pickles. Love them. Give me these old cucumbers. Even a fried pickle? I've tried them, too. I actually tried one, and no. Not for me. Like, oh, it's fried. Well, there's still a fucking pickle inside. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I appreciate that, because I feel like there are the people who are like, you can deep fry anything. Yeah. And, like, every year at, like, the, you know, all the county fairs, like, Top Seal Fair or whatever, it's always like, do you want to eat this deep fried butter? Like, <laughs> That's no one should do that. In. It's an awful idea. I'll actually say this. Um, at the last time I went to the fair, I tried like a deep fried Twinkie or something. It was the first time I've ever tried any of those fair items, like a deep fried Oreo Twinkie. I did like Oreo a, before. I've and never tried delicious them. Because the Oreo gets all soft and melted. Like It's not just like a warm Oreo. It's like completely melted and all that. It's fucking good. See, I, th- I would see. Do you just get a uh, Oreo, like singular? No, they give you like a little bag. They'll give you a few. Well, okay, well, I was gonna say because like I would like to try one Oreo, but I could never. I don't think I could commit to eating the whole thing, but I want to try it. But a Twinkie is a pretty big item. Well, it's not huge, but when you're eating all that fair food, like I think I I split it with the person I was with. But uh, romantic. Well, we didn't eat it like Lady in the Tramp style. <laughs> but anyways, moving well, forward, you fucked up. Yeah, I'm just so afraid with those deep fried things that you're going to shoot hot <laughs> poo out of your butt at the end of the day. Well, that'll likely happen, but I meant more like you'll take a bite out of it and like whatever's in the middle of it, molten, will shoot into your mouth. That That is a fear. You have to wait a bit. Uh, it's more likely you'll bite it and molten will shoot off the back end. I don't know if you've ever had a Juicy end, Lucy before, because that'll happen with a Juicy Lucy. I've what wanted to try them. What the fuck is a Juicy Lucy? It's a, it's a burger where they put the cheese inside of the patty, okay. and then they cook it. So then there's molten hot lava cheese inside of the burger. So when you take a bite, you will burn every part of your mouth. Yep, it's delicious, and then you have no tongue. I've tried to make them before, and I never the cheese never melts for me. And I'm doing exactly what I see on TV. I didn't know they were called that. Yeah. <laughs> is it Minnesota? I think I think so. it's Minnesota. Yeah, that sounds right. They had it. What, what was that show where like 
uh, the guy went around to different restaurants and like he tried the food at each one. And they always claimed to be the original or the better one. And he, put, he uh, it was on one of those shows on the Food Network. I wish I, I know what you're talking about because that's how I know that Juicy Lucy's exist. Was that specific show? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Was that's, it Man vs. That's food? why I know of them. It, no, Man vs. Food. He just eats. Does eating contests? Right. He would go to places too. This is all. Stemming yeah, off of talking about Caddyshack. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, to, to move back a little bit. Uh, apparently, all that questioning about his favorite movie and stuff actually made the guy's boyfriend kind of start questioning how gay he was. And then he brings up this girl that he hooked up with in college. And he's like, she was, she's a lesbian. She's a lesbian. And the boyfriend's like, well, maybe you're both on that almost gay, almost lesbian part of the spectrum. And Mr. Kim goes, yeah, spectrum. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, spectrum <laughs> killed me. Because <laughs> I didn't know if he was making like a joke about being on the spectrum or if he was just contributing to the conversation. He was, just, he was yeah. just like, he was glad that the boyfriend was on his side. He's like, it was nothing. He's like, sounds like it was something to me. Yeah, but yeah, that's what he says. It sounds like it was something to me. <laughs> But that's uh that's to go back. That's why I felt this was legitimately the guy's boyfriend, I guess, because he wouldn't get that jealous over this guy hooking up with a girl once in college. See, I didn't think he was jealous. I think he was just saying something he said to him, and the reason why he react the guy reacted the way he did was because that's evidence that he's not gay, and then he would lose his argument. I don't know. I, I'm with Jay on this one. I'm I'm pulling that they it seems to me like they were more than just friends. I think it's purposely ambiguous. It could be either way. I still don't think so, but I can see why you guys do. But you said so. he is a recurring character in the show later on? He's reoccurring. He never comes in with another guy. He never comes in. Like, this is the only episode where gayness really comes up. Is he? I, well, he has like a little bit well, of a... In this a, way, but... His voice is a little effeminate early in the episode. Does that stay? He always just has a strong uh, Cuban accent. Got it. And, um... So the next scene is at the car dealership again, and Alma storms in and runs straight into Jung's manager's vacated office and tells him that they need to talk. And it's a family emergency. So he's like, okay, what's wrong? And she says, your sister is going to die alone. <laughs> alone. <laughs> this, is, this is a great dot, dot, dot scenario. Yep. And uh, Jung tells her, you know, this is not an emergency, and Janet can figure this out on her own. She's 20 years old. And the more you push her, the more you're going to push her away. And is that something you really want? And I got to say this, and I think this is maybe the part of the episode where it really clicks, but Amma's acting is so convincing, like more so than anyone else to me. Her role in this show as the mother and like just a older Korean nervous mom is so believable at all times. Like I, I, don't feel because like she's she an frustrates actor. you like your own mother would. Like yeah, you're, you're getting like third hand or second hand, like frustrated by the actions of the this way, lady. The way she plays ignorant, the way she yep. plays unaware, like her all the pushiness. It it was so spot on that I was like very very impressed with her. Nick, I think that's a, a great a great uh poll there that you feel like you're talking to a mom and it like hits you that way. Like you're, it's really interesting. I wonder and, if her uh, accent is real. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't. I, I don't know any of Appa, these actors. Appa pops up on an episode of Last One Laughing, which we've already brought up. Yeah, and no accent. It really? blew my mind. <laughs> he just speaks complete like 
Like, Either she has no accent like, or she's very good at doing no accent because the one thing I know her from, and this is a rare moment where I get to bring up 9-11, is she's in an ABC made-for-TV movie where she plays, uh, I don't want to get too in the weeds about 9-11 stuff, but I'm sure you've all heard the... One of those rare moments? Yeah. <laughs> I well, I, brought, I try not to bring it up every episode because people get mad at me. But the flight attendant who, Betty Ong, who who calls like it's the famous actual audio recording of the woman being like this is what's happening we're being hijacked she plays her in that movie and she doesn't have an accent in that so either she's very good at doing accents or yeah you know she doesn't have one yeah i've never i don't think there's anyone on this episode that i remember seeing on anything beforehand and this is what year did this start again 2016 2016 yeah 2016 so as they continue to talk, Jung's manager shows up and she's at the door of her own office, but she's locked out. And Jung runs up to open the door for her, but Amma just slams it shut again and says through the door, <laughs> I'm his mommy. Please excuse. Thank you. <laughs> and the manager apparently needs her insulin, but Amma says five more minutes. She's like, okay, I'll, I'll eat just eat an orange. orange. <laughs> <laughs> see, it's these things are like, I can totally see this being a spinoff because these lines are so funny. Yeah. And we go back to the store. And Appa is going over all the numbers at the register again when a customer asks for the price on something. And then he goes over the price but explains the 15% discount because this customer is very clearly a man dressed as a woman. A very large man, too. Like, not large uh, weight-wise, but he's like a tall, kind of built man. And <laughs> this was a nice exchange. It was, uh, he says, Mr. Kim says to him, what you is? And he goes, come again. His voice gets really deep from when he asked earlier. And he goes, uh, he says, you is what kind? Transgender? And he tells him he's a drag queen. And then Appa goes on to ask him why he does that. But the customer can kind of tell that he's asking from a place of sincerity and not judgment. And tells him, I don't know, it just feels like me. It feels like home. Always has. And it was really a legitimately very nice moment between the two of them. It was. a big smile on your face. Yeah, because you like, kind of give each other a long look because, you know, Mr. Kim asked a very direct question to him, but legitimately wanted to know, why is it that you feel compelled to dress as a woman? It's one of those times, too, they both simultaneously understand each other. Like, right. Probably it's like, like a nice time moving. Everybody is accepting of each other you're like oh if everyone just did this this world would be a whole lot less of a yeah human like it's nightmare. not it's not so bad to ask questions you know you if you're asking the right way and you're not being offensive you'll never learn if you don't ask and i think that this specific scene did a lot for his character i think he was likable anyways but i thought it it tells you a lot about who he is as a person moving forward was like this specific scene the problem is there's that guy who is, like, understanding and cool about it, and then there's the other guy from the beginning who gets right. super insulted and, and, like, threatens to report him. It's like... That's true. I think a big part of that... knowing when to teeter that line when you can ask and have an actual conversation because people get offended. I think a part of that might be age, too, because the, the drag queen guy is much older, right? So, like, yeah. with age and time comes wisdom where, like, that guy has probably been through this enough times, whereas the younger kid is a little more hot-headed about it. And uh, after that, Amma walks in when he asked where she went. She said she went to church, obviously to cover up that she just visited their son. And then he tells her that he thinks someone stole money because something's missing, which immediately transitions to Janet driving up to the store in the rental car. 
And I think at this point they were trying to paint the picture to make you believe that Janet did steal the money. Because when they go over that and the next shot is her driving up in the rental, I thought she stole the money. Yeah, I got the feeling. And I do love, too, that they, like, make sure that she walks in as you overhear it and hear, like, the doot-doot of yep. the, uh, you know, the clicker on the car. Yep. And uh, when she does walk in, he asks Janet about the car, and she tells him it's a rental because you wouldn't let me use the van, but I got it on a discount from a friend. And when he asks what friend, she hesitates because, obviously, she doesn't want to tell him that it's from her brother, but because of the hesitation, it kind of further leads to him believing that she stole the money. So he tells her that, you know, there's money missing and asks if she knows what happened. So Janet's obviously very hurt by the question and walks off despite Appa insisting he's not accusing her per se, just asking if she knows what happened. I love that. He he does that later too. He he rearranges the words. <laughs> right. Uh, did know with the, the resolution of this makes so much sense, but did anybody see the resolution of it coming? Because when he's when they say what it is, why the no, money's missing, no, I was and, like, oh, I never would have thought of that. Because that's the thing. So so now, once she leaves, he goes to ring up the drag queen, and he, when he had the um, when he tells the man the total, he informs him about the gay discount. And he's like, oh, gay discount, cool, and like he thanks him and leaves. And as soon as he does leave, like Ama slaps him, and he's like, what? He's not a woman, <laughs> which I like is uh. He was worried that it came off too flirty, the interaction between them. But I've seen this, and that's what I thought she was mad at at first, too. Even this, I'm like, I, I completely forgot that that was a resolution of the episode. Yeah. So, But yeah, in, in actuality, uh, I'm going to realize that the discount is why the numbers are off, and that he needs to apologize to Janet for basically accusing her of stealing. He does insist that he never accused her, he just told her that money was missing. Uh, I wonder, but I never think. That's <laughs> what he said. I love, I this love his weird little asides. Like, yeah. Sorry to say, I feel like he's all of his sayings could be on like metal plaques that you buy at like Michaels <laughs> yeah. or something. Like, yeah. I wonder. Yeah. I didn't think. Like, it just seems like the kind of things that would be like on a decal on like a mother's wall. You know. Well, if you're looking for like new decals to put all over your kitchen, now you have a few that you can go to. <laughs> just, I'm just gonna write it in Sharpie there. <laughs> obviously he thought she did it as they continue he compares it to how he doesn't think Amma is crazy but he wonders <laughs> <laughs> and Amma tearfully is walking off and saying you know you're going to push her away like you did Jung and he says I didn't wonder if he steals I know he steals so now we're getting a little bit more to the backstory as to whatever happened between them because I assume this is not the stealing the car. I think there's more to it, but I could be wrong. Right, because I mean, if he's yeah. over 20 and he stole the car at 13, right? you don't think he'd be on his own from 13. So, the yeah. wouldn't probably right. cast him so out now we early. know what, what this whole discrepancy is about, We I assume. But I am a little confused. So with this whole situation with the discount, he seems too smart to make this mess up. That was the only thing. It was the whole... You didn't factor in the 15% discount, but why was he ringing everything up at full price and then doing the math in his head and then entering that into the register when you could put the discounted price into the register so your numbers are correct? Yeah, this seems like an odd way to do it. I mean, we mentioned it in the beginning, right? Where it's like, why is he doing this not in the... And I guess it's so that he they can have this moment later on, but... Yeah. 
it just seems like a very, like, it makes sense. Okay, so the money's missing because you didn't factor the discount. He's working off of a cash register, so why would he be ringing in a different number than the one that he's actually doing for the transaction? Right, and it's not like he's scanning things in with, like, a barcode reader, which Exactly, would, he's punching everything yeah. in by hand. Yeah, so, yeah, this whole thing kind of... Yeah, it's confusing. not really meant to be read into, though, I think, this way. It's no, but like the, that's what we do here. No. Yeah, <laughs> we talk about it all the time, where it's like, why is any of this under a microscope? It's like, why? Because we need to kill three hours every Thursday night. Well, it's tough, because we don't know how much time passed, and from that morning, where this was a spare-of-the-moment thing for him to not get in trouble and get it reported, it could just be a day... So it's not like he has stuff programmed in the cash register. He's just doing it all in his head. No, but if you look at that register, it's not like a big digital and the receipts are like kind of the strip, which is simple numbers. Everything's manually being entered in there. And I don't know. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So anyways, the next scene is the two parents now knocking on Janet's door. When she doesn't answer, Amma says, see, she ran away. And Janet through the door then says, I didn't run away, just leave. And Appa's like, okay, because <laughs> he wants nothing to do with this whole situation. He doesn't want to have to apologize or address any feelings or things like that. This has one of my favorite sitcom tropes in it, too, in her room, where it's like, it's always friends of the usually set designer or somebody's bands like these people always have these posters on their wall of bands that no one has ever heard of you know what i mean like that are just like it's somebody's friend's band and and like i'd love that i would love to be in that situation but it's right. always everyone's room has this in it in a show like this i remember uh not a smaller band but i remember in an episode of saved by the bell jesse's like brother shows up for a while and there's just a giant misfits poster in his room <laughs> and seeing it later in life and going wait what yeah, sometimes things like that slip through, which is always pretty fun. You'll you'll notice that. And I I did like to, um, in Full House, they would always have, like, it felt more realistic. Because it'd be like, oh, it's a giant George Michael poster on the wall. We were like, oh, I believe in 1988 these girls would have this yeah. on their wall, you know. When Emma goes, Janet, we are sorry, and who you hook around with is up to you. Janet finally opens the door. and. Thanks her for that. So now <laughs> she's free to hook around with whoever she wants. And then tells Appa, since I know it will kill you to apologize, if you return this car rental for me, we'll call it even. So he agrees and um, tells her to watch the store. When he leaves, that's when Janet explains to Amma that she did this in hopes that he'll talk to Jung, which Amma seemed pretty on board with. She was like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> she gets excited though. She, she didn't get it right, right no, away. No, yeah, because uh, when she says, "You know, why I did that, right?" She's like, "Yeah." So he doesn't have to say sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then, yeah, the next scene is when he's at the dealership waiting uh, at the desk for someone to show up, and Jung notices him and like instantly hides and runs into his manager's office, and then he tells her how when he was sixteen, his father kicked him out. Or he ran away. It's not clear to him anymore. And she replies by saying, well, if we're sharing things, when I was 15, I got a perm and it really didn't suit me. It's like a perm doesn't really suit anybody. It's, uh, it only it works suits on my grandmother really well. So I, I missed that he was, <laughs> I missed that he was kicked out at 16. When the show starts, he's supposed to be 25. So he's been out of the house and not speaking to him for a long time. Okay. Yeah. Cause they don't address it. We talked about it earlier. They never address his age in this episode. 
Okay, I forgot that they say 16 at this. Yes. Okay, so now we know he's been out of the house for almost a decade. It's a pretty long time to not talk to your parents or... But obviously, his sister's still talking to him this whole and time. The, and but the she mother, would have yeah. been 10 at that point then. When that is kind of crazy so thinking about that. Then, yeah, it's a big age discrepancy. And uh, it's like a big, when she mentions earlier that, like, you know, they overparent me because you've been gone, that doubly makes sense now, right? Because when she would have been an adolescent still when he left, it's like he's yeah. only been gone a couple of years. They just over, even though as you get older too, though, if, if they're, if he, I'm sorry, if she's the only one around, then obviously, like, all their attention in that regard is towards her so they are going to be harder on it right yeah, everything goes directly girl to her and the baby so i think yeah, she would i think regardless yeah. she would have been overparented true jung explains to the manager you know that's my dad over there i can't talk to him can you please take care of this for me and she hands him her phone because i guess she's been on the phone for a while trying to change her cell phone plan and is very specific with the details she wants unlimited u.s and canada but doesn't need like brazil and stuff yeah because we overhear her fighting on the phone getting put on hold because they're trying to hose her into all sorts of stuff she's like a more yeah all-encompassing plan yeah which i feel like (laughs) we've all been there but i feel like it's not the issue anymore right like i had to sign up for a newer plan for my work phone and they were like you just go through it and then just charge us or whatever and i was like that was so simple. I was like, it's a work phone. I just need X, Y, and Z. And they were like, all right, sure. Like 50 bucks. I was like, wow. I remember that being way harder five or six years ago. Yeah. Like, Com- that she's like, how many members of your family do you have? And he's like, this is the last one. I promise. <laughs> yeah. It, well, I thought that was interesting when she said that because that's when I'm like, he obviously hasn't been working there for like a week, but somehow met all three members of his family in the same day. It, it seems weird that that all piled on at once. Like this one magical day where all three of them showed up. Yeah. And you imagine he has to have been there for a while. Cause in a little while you do see that he's at least on promotional materials for the place. So he's been there a little bit. Yeah. I also think just in general, obviously she kind of has a thing for him, but they do have a very odd manager employee dynamic she doesn't come off other than when she said that like you can't have people back here she never really feels like his boss well it's just her character she's a pushover uh you you kind of get that out of the whole like phone call she's having the brief yeah. little bit out they're trying to walk over her and stuff and she's like no don't put me on hold they put her on hold anyway yeah she doesn't feel like anybody's boss she doesn't she doesn't come in her own office because a little old lady shut the door on her when she needs her yeah. insulin. Okay, I'll just take an orange. <laughs> yeah, she just chooses to have an orange over telling an old lady to get out of her own office. And then uh so she walks up to greet uh Jung's father and says, Oh, hello, Mr. Kim, it's a pleasure to meet you. And he's obviously very confused by how she knows his name. And then she goes on to tell a story about uh how family's tricky. And talks about an uncle that she had that was a fisherman. uncle. (laughs) And uh, he always reeked of fish and she never wanted to hug him. And then one day uh, he went out on a boat and was never saw him again. And um, other than the occasional postcard from Mexico. And the point is sometimes she yearns for a fishy hug. I like how they allude to like he died at sea. But then you find out (laughs) He just left, <laughs> went to Mexico. It's another dot, dot, dot joke. Like, they use that device twice in this episode, and it's funny both times. Yep. And she's like, do you understand? And he's like, no, I'm here for a car rental. <laughs> <laughs> he just does not give a shit. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so she goes to take care of everything, and 
while she's gone, he turns around and he sees the poster of all the employees at the shop and sees his son on the poster. And he's very, con- I don't want to say startled, but surprised by it. Yep. I want to know where she walks off to. He's returning the car. He gives her the keys. The computer's right in front of her. That would be Probably the first step to, to check to one in. of the workers or something. But this made me think about... Um, it kind of made me think. You remember when they had to make like the video in Dunder Mifflin for like their branch? And Michael insists that... And the picture reminded me of that because it's actually um, all the employees in that picture that actually work at that location. If... Your boss was like, hey, we're going to take a picture of all of us and hang it up. I'd be like, fuck no. <laughs> like, I'm good. Like, I don't need to be yeah, a part of this. I don't want any this. part of like, that. Yeah. Really? I'd yeah, be all no, about I would it. Hate, well, I know you You and Jay would. You're very <laughs> self-involved actually, as far as your pictures You'd be go. surprised to know how many employee photos I've active, actively walked away from to not be in them. I don't want to be in anything like that. I just think that stuff's corny. I mean, you but, did take um, that picture with Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But, um, well, Mark Zuckerberg kind of photobombed Jay's picture, to be honest. That's true, yeah. yeah. Very fair. There was, um, yeah, no, things like that. Taking a big employee photo like that and having all the lesser crew members, depending on your turnover, management's one thing, but the guys who just clean I the know, cars. I know, change so much, yeah. How often are you going to update this poster? Yeah, I mean, that's anything, right? Like, when there's a lead time to anything, like, you're not this isn't a contract job right like people are going to come and go it's not a career based opportunity for a lot of different people right like right. you can't keep that up to date see that a job like that's usually a last stop like you've tried other things and you're like well i can make commission here good money but you're right about the cleaners cleaners in the back which is what he does wouldn't be on the poster because that's what when i worked at dollar that's what we went through the most like Left and right. Yeah, it's a fast turnaround job. But when he sees this, he's standing near the coffee machine. So when she walks up to him again, he just kind of like, oh, I was just, is this free? Uh, you know, pointing to the coffee. And she's like, yeah, do you need a ride um, home? So he says, yes, I'll take the ride. But I just want to make some coffee first. <laughs> I know. Do you, when you're in a situation like that, I mean, Ferg notwithstanding, do you take the coffee? I feel like I always try the coffee, and I'm always like, maybe somebody made it good here. No, it's never it's, good. It's, it's always never good. It's always yeah. awful. So it's, it's like that Marlboro now. brand coffee. Yeah. Well, nowadays, <laughs> everywhere has K cups now. That's what I'm. Gonna, that's what I was saying. Everywhere now is just like Keurig, so I know exactly what that coffee tastes like. So there's no curiosity there. I know exactly what's there. I feel like I've seen a few carafes of it still, like the metal carafes, and I've always tried it, but. I don't like the K-Cups either. I just don't like K-Cup coffee. I, of course I, you don't, because you don't like new things. It's not that I don't like new... Oh, I don't like new things, but it, that just doesn't... <laughs> you don't like coffee. You don't understand. It's just not... It's not strong. It's that, and um, it's like... It comes at a weird temperature. It's like... It's not as hot, so you can drink it closer to, like, when you make it, but it cools down awfully quick, too, so if you don't drink it right away, it cools down too much. But I also, uh, I'm kind of a year-round iced coffee guy, so I don't lean towards that stuff anyways. The only good thing about the Keurigs, I don't know if we've talked about this before, is that you can put other things that are equally shaped like that in there, like the little packets of cream. <laughs> you can just make boiling cream go through the work coffee maker. Why are you so, so destructive? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't help it with those things. It was years of doing that that made 
Joe finally works and we're like, we would prefer if you worked remotely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I was told to work from home long before the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> we just can't have you here anymore. You can just, just stay home. Joe, it's, we can't afford any more shredders. Work from home. <laughs> Between shredders and curings, you're really taking up the bottom line here. And Reese's Pieces mixed in with Skittles. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, this is we a had to dump Skittle. out the entire thing. <laughs> that was a straw that broke the camel's But back. I guess the question is, are you supplementing by fucking with your wife now because you have no coworkers to mess with? No, I'm smarter than that. <laughs> good. Yeah, like, who good. the fuck hired Dennis the Menace? <laughs> 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 Anyways, moving forward. He gets back to the store, and Amma and Janet are both waiting there, and they want to see, you know, what happened, because they were both expecting him to talk to Jung. So they ask him, hey, did you see anyone there? And he says, yeah, Shannon, the manager, uh, and talked about some of the things she was talking about, and- <laughs> Coffee is good. The coffee is good. Yeah. <laughs> fishy uncle. <laughs> fishy uncle. <laughs> So then they ask him if he saw anyone else, and he said, no, it's a car rental, not an international airport, <laughs> which is good, because I think at this point, obviously, you know, he obviously didn't see Jung, but he's aware of his presence there. So I don't know if he's aware that they know that. He must, right? He must know. At least Janet knows. Yeah. I mean, if she sent him on that errand, I feel like she has to now know that it was in hopes of making them cross paths and that's yeah, how especially because she already told him that she got yeah, a, the discount, a discount yeah, from yeah. a friend then uh through the door comes one of the boys who actually applied for the job earlier when uh Amma was trying to set janet up and appa walks up and immediately says look you're cool christian korean but even if mrs kim likes you and even if i like you it doesn't matter janet has to like you understand and as he replies, Janet cuts him off to ask if he picked a restaurant. And then they are actually about to go out on a date together. And Appa cuts them off before they leave and says, what's the Korean Independence Day? And the boy replies with the correct date and says, well, it's a... Uh, I think it was August... Wait, Jay, you don't know off the top of your head. August 15th, 1945, I think. Right. And he says, uh, Gwanjok Boy or... I'm sorry, Guang Bok Joel. Joel. I'm sorry. Guang. <laughs> okay. Jesus. All right, man. Hey, you tried, man. Eh. Well, anyways, he says uh, the, the name of uh, the actual holiday, and Appa then just goes, okay, have a good time then. And as they walk outside, Janet says to him, I told you he, was, uh, he would ask that. So that was a little um, zinger at the end. And so she decides yeah. to actually date one of these boys that her mother did bring to her. And um, tipped him off ahead of time. Hey, my dad's going to ask you this question. Which is weird because you would think that was more something that the mother would want for him to know, like, this Korean history. It seems less important to Appa than Amma. I feel like such an idiot that I did not realize that, that was one of the kids from the beginning until you said it. Really? You didn't pick up uh, that yeah. he was one of the two kids? Mm-hmm. No, I thought that she was, like, that he was just, like, another boy coming in and he assumed that it was another kid that she had... He yeah, no, he was one of the kids it. who was um who went for the job. The one that Appa did not think was gay. Right. I like that it showed growth from Appa, too, though, because he, he has the whole speech about uh, Janet has to like you. It shows that he's scared of pushing her out now after seeing the sun. So through all that, he actually cares about her feelings now and stuff. Yeah, that is true. I feel like you actually see, you have a perception of him at the very beginning of the episode, and you have a very different perception at the very end, and they build it. Like, through the whole thing, you keep getting more and more of it. 
And I think that makes you want to see him more than anybody in the show more, you know? I yeah, think why, why didn't he get the spinoff? Well, because this show is already all about him. <laughs> no, like, the show's all about Janet. Is it really? Yeah. That's not how episode one comes off. That's interesting. I, I feel like it'd be hard to do a spinoff for him, though, because, like, if you think of, I think it's weird we brought up All in the Family again, but if you think of, like, the All in the Family spinoff, they do it just for Archie, but then Edith has to be dead and the kids have to be divorced and move away right like to to have somebody the head of a family have a spinoff you have to have a situation where the rest of the family is not involved right either like he gets sent to war or everybody around him is gone yeah uh i think it's funny that you use the all in the family reference because yeah i think my earliest perception of mr kim in the first minute or so of the episode was a very Archie Bunker type. Like there was gonna yeah, be a lot of He has a line earlier in the episode too when he um when he's talking to his wife and he says like Oh shit, what's the line? He he like how he says like people think you're crazy, but I don't think that. Like I just oh. Well he, he said the line earlier. I it was yeah, he it said was. um that he he didn't say it, he wonders it. Yeah, that's a very I, Archie Bunker like, yeah. line like and another one of those good lines that is uh just like you know you could use on like a bumper for this show in a commercial you can see that as like a really quick like what's the show about like yeah. oh okay it's a guy who says things like this that's probably pretty funny oh it has nothing to do with the korean thing but you guys see the similarities to fresh off the boat where it's the two americanized children with the old school parents from korea well, there's definitely parallels there yeah but she's very Americanized, like, no, I don't want this. I don't want the old ways. And they're like... Yeah, I mean, I think the fact that they're both from different Asian descent, uh, you you kind of can think of that. But I think almost any show where the parents are immigrants from That's what any I mean. country... It's, yeah, yeah. But it, it's the child born here that not in exactly, the old yeah. traditional ways. Yeah, because that would play just the same if it was... Yeah, anything. That's why I Italian said... Italian or, not, yeah, Brazilian or anything, yeah. But yeah, for sure. It's it's just that it's that contrast of the the old world and the new world. Like Janet could be Eddie. Yeah. Yeah, very easily. Oppa would be the mom. But yeah, that was but no um, rollerblades in this episode, sadly. Yes, none. God, um, that's a com. Oppa on rollerblades. And and for those watch. of you those of you who are fairly new to us, not too long ago we covered Fresh Off the Boat, so be sure to go back into the archives and check that out. But uh yeah, that was the conclusion of the episode. I thought it ended a little abruptly in a way. Like it worked, but it just kind of felt like it was like a I good button on the episode. Vibe. I didn't get that vibe. It, with it this didn't one. like I don't know, I think that last like see I thought I told you he'd ask and then it just kind of fades out was fine. But it felt a little abrupt, like there didn't seem to be enough meat you on know how I would have ended it. I would have ended it. I would have cut that scene out with the other customer from the middle, the the one that we are we're debating on if he's gay or not, and it put that scene at the end. Yeah, bookend it. Play it. Yeah, end on like that. You could have had her walking out as he walked back in. Right, like they could have. Right, could have yeah, said yeah. that as he walked in, and then we could have ended on that scene. Have him walk in with the boyfriend and do that. Or scene. maybe have um the the guy who is who keeps trying to prove that he's gay come in one more time maybe actually with the other boy from the interview who, who <laughs> yeah. said he wasn't gay like that would be a nice little tie-in <laughs> but yeah that uh that concluded the whole episode so i think we pretty much covered it all i don't know if there's anything else you guys want to mention before we move on but otherwise we can get right into the green letter cancel all right well guys i'll get into this with the order i'm seeing you in so nick starting with you 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like this show really checked all the boxes as far as, you know, just what you're looking for in a sitcom. It's funny. The characters are interesting. The story is interesting. It's a feel-good show, too. Like, you're laughing most of the time, um, but there's enough, like, non-funny stuff that doesn't ruin it for you, too. Like, the story is interesting. It's a green light for me. Uh, definitely one. I, I Like I said, I did keep watching this at one point. I stopped, but not for any good reason. I just kind of forgot about it. It's definitely a, a good show. It's a green light for me. Ferg. Yeah, as you know, I picked this show, so um, green light. I love this show. Um, it's one of those shows that I... I knew nothing about it threw it on one day the very first scene had me laughing and it's like oh this is a little racy but um <laughs> and you just find out it, it the show has good heart as it goes on too you get to know each character more you get very attached to them but I'm, i know we're only dealing with the first one but the show makes me cry a couple times i know that's not that hard but <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna say for you that is so easy <laughs> yeah just i think everybody on this is a good actor i hope they all go on to do other things i'd love to see them on other shows um I don't have that much more to say about it. So, I mean, other than I enjoyed it and that's all that really matters. So, green light. Joe. Sure. So, agreeing with both Nick and Ferg here, I think that the show does have a lot of heart. It's very sitcom-y, which I always love, right? Like, I love a classic sitcom sort of premise. And I do love that he's the father is equally Archie, but then is equally the complete opposite of that, right? Like, I think that scene where he speaks of the drag uh, queen and, like, have the understanding moment is like a genuine moment. Ferg saying that he's cried at this show a couple times is totally believable. And as a TV crier to Ferg, I can see that happening to me in the future because this is one of the shows we've covered that I not only genuinely was like, I should keep watching this, but was like, I would love to keep watching this right now. Like I don't want to stop. I would love to just like burn through the whole season of this in a day. Even though, like, you know, with what we do, sometimes it's hard to find time for recreational TV between life and work. But yeah, because I really enjoyed this and uh, it's a green light. All right. So for me, I watched the episode yesterday for the first time. And I will be honest, I was a little on the fence when I first watched it. Not for any particular reason. I didn't dislike it. Um, I was just Not a little. Because it's a foreign show? No, it's Canadian. <laughs> but oh, yeah. Technically, um, that is foreign, but, Jack. Technically. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> technically, no, but it was just, um, I, I did, I liked the show. I just didn't, I wasn't like overwhelmed, like this isn't my new favorite show or anything like that. But I'll say, um, today, as I'm doing all my notes to prep for the episode, I'm rewatching and kind of going through it scene by scene. And it won me over a little bit more uh, on the rewatch. So not that I would have necessarily canceled on the first watch, but I just wasn't overly sold on it. But I did like it more dissecting it and watching it a little closer the second time around. Yeah, that scene again with uh, him and the drag queen, I think that was such an important scene and it's it was very subtle and very quick, but I think it did a lot for his character. I'll be honest, for you telling me that this show is actually more about Janet than it is about Mr. Kim kind of bums me out because I, I really want the show to focus on him more because he's I feel very, this he's episode very did. much on the show like constantly but she's the main character. Right. But this episode which is interesting though because this episode really focused on him. It really seemed like he was the main character. He was in 90 something percent of the scenes and she was just kind of in and out. So it's very interesting to think that they made a pilot that completely focused on a different person than who's actually intended to be the main character. But um, we're going by just our perception of episode 1, so to not drag this out any longer, I'm also going to greenlight it. So even though Gordo's not here, we already have four out of five votes. So regardless of how he votes, 
it is a green light for us. So congratulations to Kim's Convenience. You do go on to see another day. But as far as Gordo's vote will go, you will see that on our Instagram page. That'll eventually be posted S1E1Pod on Instagram. Additionally, S1E1Pod.com is where you can find all the links to all our social media, everywhere you can go to listen to us and anything else that we have. So again, S1E1Pod.com. Be sure to go there. Rate, review, subscribe. I say this every week, guys. I can't mean this anymore. Please engage. Please hit us up. Spread the word. Let people know about us. We really do enjoy talking to you guys when you message us. Uh, it's been a lot of fun for us. We we like knowing that the things we're doing are well-received on your end. And likewise, if there are things you like from us or would think would be better if we changed, you know, we are always receptive to that. Please uh, let us know what you feel. But uh, yeah, spread the word, please. That's it. That's all the time we have this week, guys. We'll catch you back next week with another new episode. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. We got the best church hookup. Look around.